The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 22, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. Hello, everybody. She does everything you do. Because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I am your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. Oh, wow. What a, what a morning. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um... It's really a very, very interesting morning, that's for sure. But I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, I have a real special guest with me. Joining me on the phone will be Celeste Austin. Uh, Celeste is an activist and community leader here in Sonoma County. And since the last show, this is the last show of the month and it's Black History Month, I wanted to discuss Black Lives Matters and their mission and impact. I heard uh, Celeste give a fabulous presentation about Black Lives Matter and thought that this was something I wanted to explore with her more deeply and share all this information with my listeners. So stay tuned, folks. This is a very important topic. Well, this is the last Monday of the month, and as always, we will be doing the Women's Spaces Pledge. I really needed the pledge as I walked limping in pain, which is passing. I mean, it's amazing when you hurt yourself or something happens, you feel like, oh, God, I'm less than, I'm not important, you know, is it ever going to go away? But it's getting, getting much better. Well, you know... Doing the show Women's Spaces is really exciting, and Black History Month has been extremely knowledgeable, extremely, I've learned a lot this month, and if I sound a little nervous, we've had a little bit of technical difficulty in the morning, and I'm, I'm still, kind of, <laughs> still kind of recovering from it. Well, in listening to the Black Lives Matter presentation and in watching the movie uh, um, Harriet, it, it really came to my attention, the struggle that African-American people have and that we need to respect that struggle and we need to understand it and we need to know more about it. And hopefully uh, Celeste is going to give us a good a good overview. Uh, I want to do a shout out and I want to thank everybody for attending the National Organization for Women uh, uh, Zoom that we had last Thursday. I want to do a shout out to Tina Rogers who gave a overview of Black History Month. She did an excellent job. Jackie Elrod, the Vice Mayor for Rona Park City Council. What a beautiful woman. What a beautiful presentation she gave. And the same for Natalie Rogers and Skylar Peloso. Um, Natalie Rogers, <laughs> she's the Vice Mayor here of Santa Rosa. And congratulations, Natalie. And I want to just thank them from the bottom of my heart for doing such a wonderful job. And a special shout out to everybody 
that showed up. I mean, we had over 60 people on that Zoom, and I was just amazed, just amazed. And some great, great questions. And a shout-out to uh, June Becheras also for helping with the Zoom. She, June is an activist in our community and has been helping all kinds of groups with June, uh, with, uh, with Zoom. So thank you, June. Hey, that rhyme. June knows how to Zoom. <laughs> I really love that idea. Do you like that idea, Ken? June knows how to Zoom. Well, you know, as we talk every single Monday, we talk about our history is our strength. Now, why do I say that? Because, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of so many powerful women. So many powerful women. It's just amazing. And to think about the history we have. You know, next month is going to be Women's History Month. And until 1980, we didn't have a history month. We just had one day on March 8th, and that was it. But now we celebrate, just like Black History Month, a whole month, and acknowledging the women and also acknowledging our uh, women of color and all that they are contributing. Well, February 24th, this is February 22nd, but on February 24th, uh, 1912, Henrietta Solgid, a friend of Hadassah, the largest Jewish organization in American history focused on health care and education in Israel and the United States. She was a really, really strong advocate to make sure that there was good medical coverage for everybody. Then also on February 24, 1967, Jocelyn Bell Barnwell makes the first discovery of a pulsar rapidly rotating neutron star. So again, women in science, it's amazing. It's amazing how that we we really ignore how many contributions women have made in the field of science. And then in February 22nd, 27th, 1922, the U.S. Supreme Court upholds the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, which guarantees women the right to vote. Very interesting that it had to go to be approved by the Supreme Court. I mean, we only got the vote by one vote, and then it's being... It's being protested. I mean, amazing. I mean, I think right now in today's climate, I think men would like it if we didn't vote at all. We're getting a little bit too powerful, all of us in office, and now we have a woman of color vice president. How much better can it get? Well, here's some birthdays that are happening. And one of the things I try to do when I do the historical information that I give out, one of the things I try to do is kind of balance it, different different ethnic, ethnic groups that are being, uh, being honored. Well, on February 19th, 1952, and she's still alive, Amy Tang, novelist, mother-daughter relationships are the subject of the Joy Luck, uh, Joy Luck Club. Now in 35 languages. I remember when I saw that film, it was, it was just, it was just fabulous. The Kitchen God's Wife in 1991, she wrote, and then The Bone Setter, uh, The Bone Setter's Daughter, she wrote in 2001. So happy birthday, Amy Tan. Then on February 20th, 1805, and she passed away in 1879, uh, Angela Gimke, abolitionist, joined the Philadelphia Female Anti-Slavery Society in 1835 and addressed mixed audiences in 1837, wrote an appeal to the Christian women of the South criticizing slavery in 1836, after which a peace, excuse me, after which a price was placed on her head should she return to South Carolina. 
So happy birthday, Angela Grimke. Can you imagine a price was put on her head? Why? Because she wanted to abolish slavery. She wanted people to be free, not enslaved. And that's the price she paid. So there's so many courageous women that we are standing on the shoulders of. And we have to remember that. Well, on the funny side, I think this is really funny. Once in a while, what I try to do with history is I try to find out what day is this? You know, what, what, you know, what are we celebrating today? Well, much to my surprise, I found out that February 26th, 22nd, which is today, is National Walking the Dog Day. <laughs> Can you believe that? National Walking the Dog Day. So this is the one day that you have to walk your dog. This day combines two of the most happy-making things we have in this life, dogs and exercise. Humans love walking with their four-legged friends, and pooches love their strolls with their people. So grab your walking shoes, a leash, and some treats for the road, and take your favorite pooch for a stroll in, in the park to celebrate National Walking Dog Day. And when you go to the dog parks, tell, you know, tell the people, say, hey, you know, I heard on the radio, today's National Dog Walking Day, and I'm really glad that we're here. Of course, they're not walking, they're just letting the dogs run around in their pen. So get out and walk a little bit, because it's National Dog Walking Day. Another important day, February 22nd. It's National Margarita Day. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really interesting. Now, I'm not pushing alcohol. Don't get me wrong. I do not like alcohol. But for those of you who do, this is the one day that you can go have a margarita and, and just enjoy it. I mean, that is just amazing. Well, that's a lot to think about and a lot of historical events, you know, that, you know, our history is our strength. You know, when we look at our history, and we see what we did right, then we can inha- we can embellish that a little bit more. And what we did wrong, we might be able to correct. But history gives us information. It gives us the, the, pl- the pluses and minus of situations that are happening. <laughs> so we need to pay attention to that. We really do. And, you know, in honor of Black History Month, I want to remind you that in Petaluma, California, they're having a celebration where people can go out in the streets and different stores and look at the history of, of the families of Petaluma, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. So all you have to do is go on the website of the Black Forum and you find all the information you need to know. Uh, let me let me look at this a little bit, Ken. It's called the Petaluma Brings Museum Ex- Exhibition to the Streets. And the website that you can go on to find out information is pbcd4us.com. That's P as in Paul, B as in boy, C as in cat, D as in dog, pbcd4us.com. And you can get all the information about this wonderful, wonderful event. If you remember about two shows ago, we had Faith uh, Ross on that explained the whole event to us. Well, lots to think about. Lots to enjoy in this world. I mean, we're still, I can't believe March the 7th is going to be one year, one whole year since we've all been in isolation. I mean, what a struggle we've had. What a struggle. Well, it's the last Monday of the month. I can't believe, you know, February is the fastest month of the year. Next month, believe it or not, 
going to be my birthday. And I'm really, it's really interesting because on March 18th, that's the day of my birthday, the National Organization for Women is going to have a special program. We're going to be featuring uh, Lilith Rogers, who's going to be giving us a, a presentation about Rachel Carson and Silent Spring. You know, Silent Spring was written almost 70 years ago. And when you look at Texas, you realize we've had warnings for a long, long time. And, folks, we have to pay attention. You know, we really do. Quit politicizing climate. Quit politicizing health care, education, all those things. There are certain basic needs that we need. And one of the things that Texas has shown, if you don't protect your people, if you don't protect your infrastructure, if you allow it to be neglected, so to speak, you're going to be in big trouble. I mean, I looked, I can't imagine, I mean, there was a young boy, I was listening, and a young boy who froze to death. Come on, guys. You know, we let officials, we elect these political people to make sure that everything is equal, everything is taken care of. And they're failing. And we're failing because we don't pay attention who we're voting for. You know, to me, when I see a lot of ads on television, I say to myself, wait a minute. Who does that person want to protect, me or the people that are paying for those ads? And these are questions that we all need to ask ourselves, and we don't ask that enough. Well, that's a lot to think about, so now let's think about the Women's Spacious Pledge. I'm really excited about that. You know, the, I, I'll tell you, I injured my sciatic nerve, and I'm telling you, on a scale of 1 to 10, the first level of pain was almost a 30. I thought I was not going to walk again. And all the old stuff, you know, my God, I'm not adequate, I'm not this, I'm not that, you know, all those old voices start coming in. And what do I do? I did the Women's Spaces Pledge. So I want you to join me, and if you if you would mind, Ken, do you mind doing it with me? Sure, I'll do it. Okay, you know, just Ken and I are here live in the studio, and it's just it's just wonderful to be here. I'm so glad we're on the air. We had some technical difficulties, and I have my fingers crossed that we can get to music and also to get to our phone interview with with Celeste Austin. I mean, this has been a real <laughs> a real exciting morning. So let's go ahead and do the pledge. You know, first I'm going to say it, and if I'll say it first, Ken. And do you follow? I'll do the second time. We'll do it together. Is that okay with you? Okay, let's go. My self-esteem, my self-esteem does not depend does not depend on anything on anything outside of me. Outside of me. My self-esteem, my self-esteem depends depends on my relationship on my relationship with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher power. Wow. That is powerful. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. What an amazing thought. And I'm telling you, folks, I did that self-esteem pledge a hundred times, saying it over and over to myself. But I added my self-esteem does not depend on whether I'm pain-free or not. I mean, all those things that kind of debilitate you. So it's very important, it's very important to, to look at the pledge, to say it at least once a day. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means all the judgments that come in, 
That's not for you. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself, that inner strong voice, that inner, that intuition that women have. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Or I call it, and the creator, the great mystery, the great whatever, the great woohoo, Jesus, Bohemian, I don't care. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Very powerful words, my friend. Well, we're going to take a musical break, and I have my fingers crossed that when we return, I will be talking with Celeste Austin. Celeste is an activist and community leader. Since this last show, uh, this is the last show of the month, and it's still Black History Month, I wanted to discuss Black Lives Matters and their mission and impact. I heard uh, Celeste give a fabulous presentation for uh, the Center for Spiritual Living here in Sonoma County and thought this was something I wanted to explore with her more deeply and share all this all this great information with my listeners. So please stay tuned. This is an important topic. And now we're going to be playing a wonderful song by Lovely Hoffman. I love that name, Lovely Hoffman. And she wrote a lovely song that really explains so many things. So, Ken, let's see if we can go ahead and play Black Lives Matter, sung by uh, Lovely Hoffman. Well, it looks like it looks like we're not going to be able to play any music today. Like I said, you know, is there any possibility maybe we can put this in when we do the show, Ken? So let's go ahead and try to see if we can get Celeste Austin on the phone. Like I said, that we are having we are having technical difficulties, and hey. What can we do? You know, it's technology. Every once in a while it fails us, and unfortunately this is the time that it did. So let's see if we can get Celeste Austin on the phone. In the meanwhile, you know, it's it's so interesting, you know, what's happening in Texas. My heart my heart goes out to all those people. You know, they are really, really struggling, trying to, you know, trying to make ends meet, trying to get their energy going, you know, all those different things. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully. Are we getting Celeste on the phone, Ken? Yep. Okay, well, we'll have to try it. Well, I told her between 11.20 and 11.30, so we can give it another try. We'll give it another try. In the meanwhile, I think I'm going to write, I think I'm going to read a poem here, kind of fill in the time, and it's called I'm From the Old School. You know, why Why do I say this? You know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's so interesting. We can't even get live people on the phone anymore. You know, that 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 is so stunning to me, you know, that that cannot happen. You know, so wh- why don't we try uh, Celeste one more time, Ken? So he, Ken's going to try Celeste. In the meanwhile, I'm going to read this song, I'm from the old school. I believe in doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Where are those voices that answered the phone? As I sit and listen to a recorded voice saying, press one. Where are the young men who washed my windows, checked my oil and tires? Back then it seemed that there were human beings who showed they cared about me. I miss Plotkin's grocery store where they I could find candy and gum, gum galore. I miss real voices. I miss someone asking me, and how is your day? Back then when I had limited station, limited choices, there were only five stations in that mystical box and those, and looking at all those exciting images in front of me. I miss the sounds of children playing in the street, 
Life seemed so simple back then when gasoline was only nine, excuse me, 29 and nine tenths a gallon. 29 and nine tenths a gallon. I heard in Texas that some people had to pay as much as $3,000 for their, for their energy, which was just amazing. Well, much to my fortune, good fortune, and we have Celeste Austin on the phone. Welcome, Celeste. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Well, thank you so much, Elaine, and thank you, Ken, for your technical abilities. And hey, we we're doing it. We're going to do this thing, Elaine. Oh, thank. I mean, I'm telling you something. You know, when you come into a radio station, there's so much pressure just doing the show, and then all of a sudden you say, "Oh my goodness, what, what's going on here?" But welcome. I want to welcome you for from the bottom of my heart. And just a mm-hmm. reminder for folks joining in. I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, you're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine Behold. And on the phone I have with me one of my dear friends, Celeste Austin. Welcome again, Celeste. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Well, thank you for having me, Elaine. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out to KBBF because I really appreciated reading about KBBF in the Bohemian and the Community News section and the award that you all received, the SPG the SPJ Silver Heart Award uh, for this station providing such important and valuable information to the Spanish-speaking community and our workers, our farm workers, particularly during the time of the fire. So right on, right on for that award, and I'm so happy and proud. And a hello to Elisa Sanchez, is someone who we've been on this uh, road for a long, long time. Well, speaking about that, you know, Celeste, I know you are an activist. You're a community leader, and from my experience... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I don't know about leader, but I'm definitely a community activist. Okay, And I do have folks who do kind of listen to some of what I say or where I'm at or what I'm doing. So I think I have some influence in the community, you know. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of straighten that out a bit. That's fine. (laughs) Community person who does a lot of work and you also from what my understanding and from my mm-hmm. knowing you is that you have a very deep very deep spiritual practice and mm-hmm. also very committed to the community so i was mm-hmm. wondering i i announced that this all at the beginning i told the listeners that i heard you do the presentation i believe it was mm-hmm. at the center for spiritual living uh yeah. lunch gathering via zoom and thought it would be fabulous and wanted to hear more from you and to share with to share it with my listeners so the first thing is talk about the the presentation and what was it that inspired you to start talking mm-hmm. about black Lively matter. Well, that's a great question, Elaine. And what inspired me is that it is absolutely necessary to talk about Black Lives Matter. And in the presentation or the talk that I did at the Center for Spiritual Living, which, um, you know, actually was very informative and, and it was great because there was a lot of questions and a lot of chat, you know. I I said in the speech, you know, black lives matter because it's necessary, because black lives are not seen at time or valued as 
other lives in this country being white lives and that some people say so why do you say why do you say black lives matter why do you have to do that I have to do that because history tells me and history shows us how black folks have been discriminated against how black folks have been killed how black men and women have been killed you know it shows us historically how we have been treated differently and how we have lost our lives you know just being in this country and so black lives matter too because we have to keep that fresh and we have to be reminded uh, of the need to uh, have that distinction it's a distinction well you know it's it's interesting that you say that celeste because i go back to the insurrection at the white house you know the way those people were treated versus when the black Lives matters were marching i mean you really saw the distinction and the and the discredit that was Mm -hmm. going on with one group and another group it seemed like they were giving them a pass or they were making Mm -hmm. excuses for them and it's Mm -hmm. it's really and historically you know as like i said at the beginning of the show also i just saw the uh the the wonderful film called Harriet, the story of Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. stunned. I mean, I could hardly watch it thinking about what this woman did. And again, the bravery, the bravery of what she accomplished for her people. So I, I tend to agree with you. You know, it's important to distinguish black lives matter. And I get really frustrated when people say, well, all lives matter. I say, of course, all lives matter. But the reason you're At, saying black you're lives matter. You're giving my matter. speech, Elaine. You're giving my speech right now. Oh, go, go, go right ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, because that's what we talked about in the speech, you know, that um, the importance and the necessity of, of, of that aster, of that necessity of saying that. Why does Black Lives Matter so much to me, I think, was one of your questions. And when was it that uh, I just got involved more in the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, it's a continuation. It's a continuation of the struggle. It's a continuation of, you know, slavery. It's a continuation of Reconstruction after, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation in 1963 uh, was deemed, you know, this is what we're doing now. I mean, then we had Reconstruction, which went on from 1866 to 1877, where, you know, it's even hard to say, but slaves were free. I mean, it's a little different in Texas, and we get to celebrate, you know, Juneteenth, uh, that even though it was on paper and they had the 12th Amendment, the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, the 15th Amendment, the Civil Rights uh, Act that happened in 1867, you know, there were so many whites in in the institutions of slavery that would not let go of that, you know, would not let go of that. So black people, slaves, they, they struggled. And then they were many, and, and even though we got some um, voting rights, and even though we got a, acquired a little land, there were so many folks who were so against that that you know it didn't really work it's kind of like and that's when you talk about today that's what's really a bit frightening about today you know you see institutions you see political uh individuals you see a particular 
members of a particular party who are just, you know, hanging on, who are trying to take away and, and push back the clock that hasn't been pushed forward that long, but push back the clock for our voting rights. I mean, thank goodness for Stacey Abrams and, and all those folks here in California, too, who helped to really guarantee that people would have the right. Black folks, you know, poor folks, folks would have the right to vote there. And even though folks had to stand in line for hours and hours, and there were food trucks there to help feed individuals and, and help individuals, see, you know, that we have to be so awake right now. We have to be awake about what's going on in this country and look at it from a systemic well, let's yeah. let's yeah. let's talk a little bit though about your your particular awakening about all this happening all of a sudden. I mean, yeah. you know, and also what impact at this particular time? I mean, to me, when I watched on television what happened with the with the Floyd incident, I mean, it was like what George Floyd, right? This is happening in our in our country on television we're watching a man being killed so what what impact and why why do you think that this movement is so important at this time well it's always been important you know but what we had was a spiritual wake up call when we witnessed hundreds millions thousands globally witness the murder of George Floyd on television and that's what social media has done for us, you know. Fortunately, you know, when black men and women and, and, and individuals who are, you know, seen as, you know, not so much a part of this country, you know, we look at immigrants who are very much a part of this country and there are acts of violence or acts of discrimination that are happening that people whip out their cameras, you know, they stand with them. I stand many times when I've observed, you know, police officers doing, some of them doing their jobs okay. Others need to be watched. And so, you know, we have to do that. I mean, we have to do that. And George Floyd was a wake-up call. It was just so shocking. It was so horrible. It shook America. And as I said in my speech, there were some people who had not been involved in the Black Lives Matter movement, who had not really been involved that much in social activism. They started to stand up. People were so rocked by that, by George Floyd's death, that it riveted across this country. It riveted across this world. It was a global movement. And so it really took off as, you know, a movement where we had to just keep standing up. And I love it when I, you know, drive around the community and I see churches or I see people still standing, still keeping our awareness, our consciousness awake that black lives matter. You know, um, the movement itself. So George Floyd's death was a wake-up call. And just last night, I wanted to just mention this, this <laughs> it's on Hulu right now, and it's called Woke. Yeah, Woke is the name of it. And it is a really interesting uh, little a series, and I don't mean little, but it's a series, and it's about this uh, cartoonist who, you know, I don't like to, you know, say, you know, this person 
black enough, this person's not that black, you know. But he it finally came to understand that, you know, he was kind of living in another world as a black man. And then what happened is he's walking down the street or he's getting off the bus and he gets knocked down to the ground and the police are on top of him. And he is just like in total shock and disarray. Like, you know, how could this happen to me? <laughs> you know, I'm not like this, you know, like I'm different. No, you're not different. As long as you got black skin, you're a black man or, you know, a person of color or a homeless person, you know, you get targeted sometimes. And so it woke him up and he had to start rethinking his lens and rethinking his whole life. It's really kind of cool. It's on Hulu. It's called Woke. Uh, the, um, young man who is the, uh, he is the, uh, the, uh, cartoonist. I think his name is Kevin Knight. So, um, I have to, and, and I just want to finish with this. I, I have to, because as you know, and some people know, historically my family was affected by uh, my grandfather, my father's father being murdered, um, before my father was even born, my father was in my grandmother's belly. So my father never met his father wow. because he was murdered. Wow. And our family's doing a lot of history digging right now. We have some younger members in the family, and, you know, they know how to get all into, you know, the archives, and they have all these technical tools. And what we found out at our family, New Year's family reunion meeting, that my grandfather because I wasn't sure how. I knew he was shot. I knew he was killed. But he was at his kitchen table. He was sitting at his kitchen table. So, you know, my grandmother and other of the children, my father who's in my grandmother's belly, which we know kids, uh, babies are affected by what's going on with the mothers. And so we lived with that history. We lived with that pain. Well, you definitely... Growing up. You definitely know it on a very personal level. Well, Celeste, hold that thought because we're going to try right now Mm -hmm. to take a musical break and we're going to try now to play that Black Lives Matter song by uh, Lovely. I I just, you know, and hopefully, keep your fingers crossed, Ken is going to try to go to another channel. So let's go ahead, Ken, let's try to play that song, Black Lives Matter. We've been let down again But we're hopeful injustice will end Black lives matter I sing, I sing it loud through the tears In hearts that shattered we matter Sing, we sing it loud through the tears in heart. 
Goodness, justice now, yes. equality now. Yes, yes, yes. That me, was I'm gonna so do a, powerful, I'm beautiful. Do, thank you, thank I'm, you, thank you. I'm going to do a little station break here. Well, welcome black, welcome black, oh welcome black, 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 black lives history. matter. <laughs> yes, Black History Month. Right. <laughs> welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces. And I'm your flustered host, Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm talking with Celeste Austin, uh, an activist and community person in our, in our, in our sites here, and we are talking about Black Lives Matter, and we just heard the song Black Lives Matter by lovely, lovely, uh, Hoffman. Oh my God, I love that 
Tong. Well, let's continue, Celeste. This is wonderful. I, I'm so glad you were able to hear this. And, and I want to do a shout out to my, my co-producer, Ken Norton, who, who knows yeah. how to work, who knows how to work all this equipment. I would be nothing if, if he wasn't here. I could not be on. Well, anyway, this is you Black History. Beautiful team. A beautiful team. <laughs> this is, this is Black History Month. And we have a chance yep. to hear about this historical event. So talk about, talk about Black History Month and why you feel it's so important along with how it supports the impact of Black Lives Matter. Well, I'd reverse that, how Black Lives Matter actually is an intricate part of Black History Month. And so, you know, it reminds me, and I just have to mention Emmett Till, because I think that oh, was yes. another shocker in this country when, you know, that 14 teenage young man, boy, was brutally, brutally, brutally killed, you know, when he was down south visiting. And then, you know, what was very powerful about it is when Emmett Till's mother, when his body, I think, was brought back to Chicago, you know, they had an open casket funeral. Because she wanted people to see, to see what had happened to her son. And so that's, that's, again, it's a historical piece. It's just that it has just opened up and, and it has just become so more in our minds and in our hearts today because we went through a period where we just started seeing one after another of these you know, black men and boys who were being killed, you know. One of the things that I, I did do here locally is when the Trayvon Martin uh, verdict came in and when uh, Zimmerman was acquitted, you know, we took to the streets right here. I helped organize along with another a friend of mine, Marcy, at the time through her social media. We had about 50 to 70 people that came down to Courthouse Square, and we stood in solidarity. And there were blacks and whites and youth and seniors and folks from Community Baptist Church, you know. We came together. The Black Lives Matter movement has brought us together. And historically, you know, the, the history about Black Lives Matter is that, you know, the term was actually... Um, the term was that came out actually as a uh, Facebook post. Um, that came out in July of 2013. And there were three women, Alicia Garza, Patrice Kohler, and Opal Tomete. They're the ones who initially found the Black Lives Matter movement in that terminology, you know. And it was a Facebook post that Alicia was writing as an affirmation to the community who had been in such deep pain over George Zimmerman's, uh, the, the verdict that came in. And Trey Mount Martin was about the same age as her younger brother. And so she just moved into action. And um, that, that, that movement, that term, that's when it really came out as a, uh, something that people rally behind but we have to remember too in the context of that there had been so many deaths i have a t-shirt here in my office 
and my sister gave me. She was at the NAACP conference in Baltimore. And I come from a family of social activists, of Christian folks, of spiritual folks who give a lot to the community. She does a lot in the uh, in the Des Moines area, her and my brother-in-law. So she brought me this T-shirt, Trayvon Martin, Eric Gardner, Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray, you know, Sandra Bland. I really related to that sister who ended up hanging herself in a jail cell because she was so broken. And um, the other person who is on this T-shirt is our own Andy Lopez. Andy Lopez is on a T-shirt that was at the that was the T-shirt for NAACP. So we see the activism that we did here in Sonoma County. How that went out into the world, out into the world, and he too is included in young men, our boys, our young men who have been killed at the hands of. Police well, I need to I need to say I, I need to say something here because <clears throat> excuse me that's what actually woke me up was the Andy Lopez situation. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. Emmett Till. I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. You know I can see mm-hmm. it like I was a young mother at the time, and <clears throat> all I could think of was what did it feel like to be that mother? I mean, what is it, you know, I mean, any woman who cannot relate to that, there's something wrong. I mean, there really is. Because when I saw that open casket and I thought, what type of human being would do that to another human being? And so, therefore, I think I agree with you 100% that the Black Lives Matter is kind of, and all the things, all the different shootings that happened were a big wake-up call. And also, what was even more interesting and that people need to pay attention to is that, and I've always said this, if it happens to one mother's child, it can happen to any mother's child. Well, look at the shootings that have gone on in some of these schools. These were Caucasian Mm -hmm. children that were killed. So we really have to pay attention to what people are saying and that Black Lives Matter is bringing things to the forefront. And so what, yes. I, what I'd like you to do is really quickly, you know, this, we talk a lot about systematic racism. How do you think that, how do you think that the Black Lives Movement is going to help dis- dissipate that or get rid of it, so to speak? Well, first of all, it already is. I like to start from what already is in motion. I mean, look at, you know, the um, current, the recent election, you know, look at all of the young people voted like they had not voted before. Oh, did you, did you, by the way, just to, just take, uh, give a little history, were you on the now, or uh, the now website, the, the now Zoom that we had when we had the three women on? Of course, so Elaine. That, of course. Well, how, how did you feel about that? I mean, that that was definitely, especially, I mean, when I think of, of Rohner Park. Well, absolutely. It is empowering. It is encouraging. It is wonderful to see young black women and Latinas, Latinx women, who are sitting on city councils, who are co-vice mayors of city councils, who are taking the time, have the time and energy, passion, and skill, and talent and community interest to be doing public service. And these days, doing public service is like rough. You know, it can be rough, but so necessary. I mean, my only thing is we have to remember where we came from. 
We have to remember we stand on the shoulders of our of our ancestors. We stand on the shoulders of our families or community folks that you may not be as familiar with. You know, you know, Etta Mae Sloan. She's a, a re- remarkable. Carol Ellis, remarkable. Fanny, you know, remarkable. Willie Garrett, remarkable people, beautiful people. The Grays, people who have been doing this work for a long, 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 long time. And so we stand on the shoulders in North Bay, um, North Bay Chamber, Blacks United, you know, the, um, you know, Black Forum. There's a lot of movement in this country right now. And systemic racism that people are looking at, they kind of got it, that this is a systems thing. This is built into the system. It's built into the fabric of America, of government, of systems, of police departments. In some ways, it's built into how people are hired. It's built into how where people live. And so, you know, white fragility was like flying off the bookshelf. There's so many systems and organizations. I'm part of one, Impact 100, that's actually looking at our values. You know, looking at our values. So this is really as painful as it's been. It's an exciting time. And I just got to end, Elaine, with reminding people that Black Lives Matter has been nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, I know. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. And they were nominated for 2021 by a Norwegian lawmaker uh, who's part of their, poly- uh, of their parliament. He says, recognizing this movement sends a powerful message that peace is found in equality, solidarity, and human rights. Repeat that. Repeat that. I'd be happy to. Recognizing, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, recognizing this movement sends a powerful message that peace is found in equality, solidarity, and human rights. It's just like, you know, one of the sisters that started the coin Black Lives Matter, she said it was written it, the movement was created, the term was created, because it was a love letter to black people because of the pain. It, but it is branched out, and it is so much bigger. It has affected all of us. Racism steals our humanity. And, you know, we are basically good people. We have to get back to recognizing our similarities and our goodness and our differences. And we have to realize that we got to stop fighting among each other and look at the bigger systemic systems, same thing, the systems that are not fair and that we can really continue to open up and continue to pay attention. We can continue to understand why things are the way they are, including the prison industrial complex. Unfortunately, now we're having more of our, you know, folks who've been incarcerated are being released. You know, they're getting some of the help they're getting. They're getting an opportunity to integrate back into the communities, you know. And the agency I work for now, Interface Shelter Next Network, is really leading the charge in many ways in helping our inmates, you know, integrate back into our community which is so important well all i can say is it's about time 
<laughs> it's well, about it's right. a, it's about time because you know we are part of the human family. Yeah. And you yes. know and you know that old saying, you know that old saying do unto others as they would have them do unto you. You know, mm-hmm. we're looking we're looking right now at Texas. We're looking at the people can't even they have no power, they have nothing through misrepresentation, through mistakes made in the political system. And you have to ask it's yourself the infrastructure too in the, in in that state, you know. Yeah, the whole You're absolutely right. The flashlight is shining on Texas. And it's shining and Absolutely. Well, my uh, friend, and we send we send prayers out to those in Texas, you know, everyone, because, you know, we know what it's like here in Sonoma County to go through a natural disaster, you know. But the thing about Sonoma County that I think is unique is we know how to come together as a community. And what do we say around here? Sonoma Strong. Sonoma strong. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's amazing what we come through. And the most important thing is that as a people, understanding the idea of what what you're saying when you say Black Lives Matter, you know, you're really, you know, in a way, in a way, when you say that, because of all the discrimination and all the issues that happen, you're really saying that all lives matter. Because if you don't pay attention to this, these lives, then everybody else is in jeopardy. I mean, that, that's the bottom line that people do not want to look at. You know, it's like that do unto others as you'll do unto you. What you're doing to someone else is going to kick back on you. You don't want that. You know, we want to move forward. And like they said in the song, justice now, equality now. Well, we're at the All end right. of, we're at the end of our segment and I'm going to give you one minute to give a, any other things, any uh, websites they can get a hold of you. Is, is, is that beautiful presentation? Is it, has it been recorded? <laughs> can people, can people listen to it or see it? I mean, it was so, it was so worthwhile. I mean, I was, I was just thrilled that I was able to see it because it was abs- I listened to it because it was so stunning. So go ahead. It's, yep. it's your show for one minute, Celeste. Oh, <laughs> well, it's been an honor to be here, and it's been an honor to be here during Black History Month, and it's been an honor to talk about Black Lives Matter in the community that I live, that I choose to live in. And, you know, just keep our hearts open, you know, stay awake and and know that this is a movement that is necessary. It is a movement that will only grow us as stronger, better human beings, you know. And for black folks, it definitely has empowered us in a way that I think it's brought us together more because we do have to take care of each other, but we have to take care of our own. So peace and love, everybody. Thank you, Elaine. Good to be here. Well, I want to. I want to add last thing. One last thing. No, 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 no. Yes, I do. I I, get the last word. (laughs) Right, right. But I want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom (laughs) of my heart for being on Women's Spaces and for being so open and so willing to talk about this subject. And the most important thing that I get out of it constantly is we get to know each other. Anyway, you have been listening to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holton. I've been your host, and I want to thank you for the bottom of my heart for listening. You've been listening to Celeste Austin, uh, an activist and community person here in Sonoma County, and we were talking about Black Lives Matter. And remember, it's very important. It's Black History Month. Go, don't be afraid to look up the history and see what it's all about. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, our children are the future. We must never lose sight of that. And who knows more?
story about your struggles in the world. Who cares more to bless your weary She's trying to come through A woman's voice with messages A woman's feelings Oh, the woman in your life She can feel so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life is you And who is sure Take you home now, the woman in your life. She can wait so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Because the woman in your life, the woman in your life, the woman in your life is. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 22nd, 2021.